Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Douglas Pike, uh, one of the co-creators and lead developers of the open source project known as Veracoin. Doug, how you doing? Good. How's it going? Good. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So uh, oh, tell listeners, uh, tell me about Veracoin project. What? Why did you guys conceive of it, and what's the goal? Okay. So um, in 2014, we created Veracoin. Me and my friend, um, we we uh, forked um, at the time another proof of stake currencies open source software um, and created our own um, inflation mechanism that um, better incentivizes um, people to hold their coins and earn interest because it's a proof of stake currency. And basically, we we designed the system to be um, proof of stake is 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 um, is basically still a new proof model like Bitcoin and many other coins, most other cryptocurrencies are using the um, already very well-tested uh, proof-of-work mining model. We're using proof-of-stake um, for Veracoin. Um, and so we basically um, rebuilt the protocol, the way that it calculates um, your probability to earn interest and thus be part of the decentralized consensus that's approving transactions. Um, and we, we modified the reward scheme to in better incentivize this behavior. Um, we wanted to basically take the proof-of-stake model that existed, improve upon it, and build the foundation for a currency that was decentralized, but also co basically costless. Um, so the, the justification being, um, as evidence now amid like Bitcoin, you know, the Bitcoin scaling debate, let's say, um, Bitcoin transactions. I think yesterday I saw Bitcoin transactions were averaging around a dollar each, um, and you know that's kind of expensive um, if you compare it to the banking system. Um, and there's many reasons for that. But long story short, um, if the consensus system doesn't cost anybody anything, um, then there's no reason to ever have any fees associated uh, with the transactions or just nominal fees. Hmm prevent spamming of the blockchain, essentially, which is what Veracoin has. So we basically um, work tackled proof of stake to try and build a currency that would not, uh, that would cost less than using, say, uh, credit cards or the banking system. 
All right. So the goal of <clears throat> of Ericoin is to be a currency, a global currency, possible. Yes. Okay. Well, very good. Can we talk a little bit more about proof of stake? And it's for a selfish reason. Um, you know, I haven't seen much about it, and it seems to be, uh, you know, makes sense. But it also seems to have uh, things about it that I don't understand, and I see very few people commenting on. So, um, yep. Yeah, there's actually very there's very few proof of stake currencies. Um, it's mostly because mostly because um, people are just kind of using what they know works. Um, proof of stake uh, came around a few years after Bitcoin uh, was kind of invented on the Bitcoin Talk Forum at the time, um, and PureCoin um, implemented the first version of it, um, but they also kept proof of work as well, mining. Um, and and then su- subsequent to PureCoin, there's been an, a, a few coins um, that have done 100% proof of stake for their consensus system for proving transactions. And one one notable one that will be coming out in the next few months, which um, is done by really legitimate um, cryptocurrency developers and um, uh, cryptographers, um, is uh, Tezos. Um, it's like it's kind of like an Ethereum style application based system, a general purpose system. They're also going to be 100% proof of stake, so it'll be kind of nice. There'll be much more discussion about proof of stake in the coming months because Tezos uh, has a lot of uh, raised a lot of funding. is a is a huge, massive uh, organization that that will be implementing proof of stake. But basically, the short version of what proof of stake is 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 simple. Um, so the whole point of mining um, is 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 to prevent copying and pasting of coins um, and by that I mean if if you own money digitally um, and that money has a unique let's say it has a unique ID number that that say you own one Bitcoin it, it has a unique ID number you you in theory on a computer could just copy and paste that ID number and say oh look now I have a hundred thousand uh, unique ID numbers that are associated with this quantity of Bitcoin. So the whole consensus problem and mining as the original solution is to solve this copy and paste problem. Essentially, it it costs a lot of money to try and copy and paste uh, coins. So so we, basically, what happens is they've the, in proof of work, and then I'll I'll explain how proof of stake is different. But in proof of work, um, you initiate this race. To acquire the newly minted, minted coins that are released on a schedule, and the more people that are um, essentially generating random numbers on their computer called mining, um, and and trying to get the right number to get the reward, and the more people that are doing that, the more costly it is to manipulate the blockchain as a central authority. So, like for instance, in the banking system, you know, you say you have Chase Bank, you have the U.S. government. Um, the U.S. government can call Chase Bank and say, hey, uh, we don't like this guy for this and this reason. Do not approve this transaction because this and this reason. And then Chase says, okay, yeah, you're my government. I can't really do anything about that. Um, and then they they essentially take central authority of, of your ability to spend your own money um, and m- manipulate the transaction. Um, so, so, this is a way where you do not need a central authority to prevent uh, a single entity from manipulating the transaction database vis-a-vis uh, in the digital world, say, copy and pasting coins, essentially. Um, so, so whoever... Well, uh, about it. Um, <clears throat> in proof of stake, 
the amount needed to stake seems to be really important. And in some tokens, yeah. they have nodes and all that. So what I've noticed right, right. is like if a coin starts out really cheap, that enables some people to get millions of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it seems to favor them if the price of the coin goes way up. Well, you know, let's say like Dash, right? Right. You know, uh, Dash at one point was, let's say, $10 or even less, a dollar. And some people yeah. had, you know, a hundred master nodes. I know one guy that has like a hundred master nodes. Now right. Dash is two, three, four hundred dollars. You can't even get, you can't even stake on it. You know, so w- what's going to happen with Veracoin? Like, how much is needed to stake, and will the amount adjust? And do you have nodes? You know, master nodes. Like, what's your whole procedure yeah. there? Yeah. So Dash's system is is not proof of stake, though. The master nodes are kind of similar to it in that that they earn revenue. Um, based on their um, share of coins and what kind of transactions they process and so forth. But yeah, basically, um, proof of stake is a competition for um, earning interest instead of uh, a mining reward. And it's proportional to the number of coins that you're holding. So, So basically, what it means is it's relative to the amount that everyone else has. Um, so say there's 10, sta- 10 people that are staking their coins and they each have uh, 1,000 coins and you also are one of the 10, you have a 10% chance of getting a block um, with 1,000 coins. So the concept here is that if the value goes up in the currency, um, it becomes more and more costly to take control of the consensus. Just like in mining, you have to, you'd have to buy and run more and more hardware. Um, in the case of proof of stake, you'd have to buy and, and, and earn interest and attempt to earn interest on more and more coins. So the, the value going up, it being more difficult to stake is, is part of the, is basically the security model. Um, so in Veracoin, um, if you, if you have, um, a thousand coins, um, which right now is a couple hundred dollars, I think, um, it's a few hundred dollars, um, you know, you can stake no problem um, fairly often, and you and 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 basically, it, it, there's a there's an algorithm that decides that, that determines essentially how long it's been since you last earned interest and calculates the due interest since that time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, um, if you have uh, a few hundred dollars worth of coins, um, you're you're gonna uh, get interest more frequently. If you have less coins, you will get fewer interest payments, but they will be bigger. Um, so the only problem is basically you just have to wait longer um, to get to earn the interest, but it will be pr- proportional in percentage to the amount of coins you own. Similar to mining, where if you have a weaker miner, um, you're still going to, you still have a chance to get a block. You just, your chance is lower than the bigger guy. And this is the What's security the staking rate on Veracoin? How many tokens you need to have to stake and you know, all that? There is no minimum. Um, it's basically it'll just um, if if you have far less than the average person, uh, then you know your your odds of staking will be um, very low. So say you have um, ten coins, um, you're probably going to stake, but it's going to be maybe once every six months, something like that. Like rarely, um, it doesn't cost you anything to stake. All you if you have a computer. Um, you can just kind of run it in the background. You're not burning electricity um, or anything like that. So you can just kind of set it and forget it. Um, and then, and then if you get uh, more coins, uh, you know you'll, they'll come in more frequently. But you'll always earn your due uh, percentage based on your previous 
stake amount. So, and on Vericoin, we have a moving uh, APR uh, on the interest, um, and it, it's 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 moving to target for a two and a half percent inflation rate. Um, so, if there's fewer people staking. Um, to hit that two and a half percent inflation rate, everyone has to earn more interest. So, so the uh, so basically um, the uh, the model works such that um, you get about anywhere between four and ten percent um, is the realistic range of of interest over the course of a year on the number of coins that you have. Okay, all right, got it. Um, what about if the price of uh, Veracoin goes high? Um, is it going to change any of the staking parameters? Uh, no, the the staking parameters are all determined by the the stakers themselves and the 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 net effect they have on the network because essentially they're in competition with one another to earn interest. Um, so the price may have an effect on the stakers' behavior. Um, so in that sense, um, it, it may have an effect. But in, uh, since we've uh, had Veracoin, um, you know. Uh, since the beginning of Vericoin, you know, we've had some different price ranges for sure. You know, whether we're in the Bitcoin bull market or the Bitcoin bear market or the current bull market. Um, and the staking, uh, the interest rate does tend to go up a bit when um, the price is lower. And that's because fewer people see it as worth doing. So uh, staking uh, Vericoin. So they, um, they are earning a higher interest rate to target for that two and a half, two to two and a half percent inflation rate. So it tends to be inversely proportional to the price, but it's totally dependent on the behavior of the the stakers themselves, not uh, anything else. Okay, very good. Um, so what's what's the size of the the Vericoin network right now? You'd estimate um, you know, how many coins issued, how many coins are going to be issued. You know, what are some of the network parameters right now? Sure. So we have um, we have a little more than 30 million total supply. We have no cap on the total supply, but we have a disinflating um, uh, um, supply release uh, schedule. So basically, what that means is we have we have about a, like I was saying a two to two and a half percent inflation rate, but it's slowly shrinking because it's not compounded. So basically, it's just a two and a Two to two and a half percent inflation rate on the initial um, coins that were released in the first week, which were released actually via mining, um, and then it switched to 100% proof of stake. So the interest rate is calculated on that fixed amount. So then the two and a half, two to two and a half percent is actually slowly shrinking relative to the total supply. So it's disinflating; it's getting smaller and smaller very slowly, but no hard cap on the total number of coins. But in reality. You know, we'll, in a hundred something years, we won't be over 35 million coins. You know, so we're basically going to be hanging around the low 30 millions for our lifetime, essentially. Um, and um, and then we have it's it's uh, it's tricky at any given time to know exactly uh, how many nodes are on the network without setting up a bunch of nodes and essentially counting up all the connections that they have that are unique to each other. But as an example. Um, we have, um, uh, let's see, we have about, we have a, we have a few thousand new wallets, uh, being downloaded, um, every month or so. And we have, we have about, um, a maximum of say 30,000, um, 
if you estimate, you know, that a certain number of addresses are in each wallet, we have maybe a maximum of around 35, like, active users, at, I, I would estimate. Um, and then some fraction of them are, are staking, and, and that would be on the order of uh, less than 1,000 users, uh, I would say, are staking, probably. Okay. So you said you're about 35,000 users, you think? Yeah, I would say that's probably the, uh, the upper limit active users like we've had you know we've we've probably had orders of magnitude more people than that that just came and left but people who actually uh are still holding their coins and staking them once in a while or on the forums or downloading wallets those kinds of things well that's with anything you know there's right it's 80 20 there's always out of you know millions of facebook users only a small percentage are heavy users and right millions of mcdonald's eaters you know same, same kind of behavior. It's no surprise at all. Yeah, we're doing pretty good on the community front, I would say. We have in our Slack, which actually we just opened up our chat. Um, we just opened it up a few months ago, and we have over 1,500 people in there. Um, and I don't know what fraction of them are, are active, but, you know, it filled up pretty quick. So we're, we we have quite a uh, an active community. Yeah. <clears throat> how do you um, – how are you going to scale – Veracoin, how do you see yourself getting mass adoption of it? What what do you think will be yeah. the drivers of? So um so the, yeah, this is um this is basically we have a, a a scheme for scaling that is different than what anyone else is doing. Um and we call it the binary chain. Um and basically what that just means is is essentially two chains. Um so we also created a proof of work currency that's called Varium and it's hmm. And it's our reserve currency, um, and it's CPU only mining. Um, some of the top GPU mining code experts have tried to implement GPU mining on Varium over the last year or so um, since its release, and um, and have not been able to. You can mine Varium with a GPU, but it's far less profitable than a CPU, so no one does. Um, and the reason that is is because of the memory requirement to actually calculate the random number which results in you winning the mining competition um, is it has a, a very large memory requirement which we can increase um, if we need to to prevent specialized hardware if if the varium miners are in favor of that we can we can move the protocol with sort of Moore's law um, but at this point in the near future we're not looking at any GPUs or ASICs on Varium, meaning probably three to five years at least. Um, and what we did with Varium and the binary chain, which is a combination of a proof of work chain and a proof of stake chain, is we are, um, I don't know how familiar you, familiar you are with um, like the scaling debate on Bitcoin, SegWit, and, and all these things. Well, yeah, I got, I got one question before that. Um, yeah. You have this reserve currency. You said it's CPU mining only? C- CPU mining only. Yeah, that's the most profitable way to mine. So basically just a computer. Why did you force that? What would happen? I don't know. I need to think about this. Yep. You know, Bitcoin, for instance, requires yep. ASICs, you know, and right. big rooms of these things. What would happen if somehow Bitcoin magically changed and forced it where only CPUs could mine? Would that democratize mining? Like, why'd you do that? Yeah, that's basically the the concept. So um, Bitcoin originally was CPU mining, um, and um, essentially a, a market then existed for specialized hardware that were going to mine Bitcoin more efficiently. And it was 
technically possible, so it was done. Uh, it was profitable, so it was done. What we're doing is basically making it not profitable to do that. Um, and we're doing that in the way that the mining works because, um, yes, exactly that. Like, if I want a democratization of mining, you could put it that way, decentralization of mining. If I wanted to start mining Bitcoin, um, I could basically get uh, close to nothing um, if I try and mine it with a computer, um, or I could get a, a little bit more than nothing if I try and mine it with a GPU, or I could spend like say a minimum of five thousand dollars on an ASIC, and I have I have you know a one in uh, say ten thousand chances of getting a block, or if I'm on a pool, I get a a small fraction of the earnings. So what that means is not only do you have to invest a lot of money into mining Bitcoin, um, but you also have to have some expertise on how to deal with customized hardware that's not a regular computer. So our concept is basically that if we can keep the mining uh, algorithm CPU only, we can have uh, we can we can be mine we can increase the mining power not by um, specialized hardware that requires more skill and more money um, invested into it, but just by having more people uh, mining with regular stuff. So, for instance, we have um, uh, we have people with servers, we have people with desktops, we have people with single board computers like uh, Raspberry Pi. Um, if the Raspberry Pi isn't the best. It turns out that the Odroid um, single board computer is the best for mining Varium. And granted, one Odroid does not, you know, earn you a lot of coins, but people buy, you know, 20 of them, still cheap, and uh, and they think they get pretty good uh, profitability and pretty good amount of coins coming in. And our goal, too, is to have, for instance, mining on our on the smartphone. Like the single board computer, the fact that they're even in the race means that we can we can have uh, our, our mobile app, which we're working on for Varium. Um, say someone plugs in their phone, they go to sleep, it's mining in the background. It's not going to earn a lot, but it's going to most likely earn more than the little bit of electric it's using because um, because mobile phones are are designed to be so efficient because they depend on the battery. Um, so um, so the concept here is is increase mining power not by hardware and ultimately centralization of mining pools and facilities and people, um, but just by sheer numbers. Um, and of course, there's some variability in, in hardware performance, but it's orders of magnitude on the same scale relative to the, the differences in hardware on, on Bitcoin or other currencies. Yeah, I think that's really cool. If, if everyone that owns any amount of token stakes even a little bit, that's a great incentive for more people to get into the network and to get involved. It's uh, you know it's the opposite of what happens mostly. Our money gets right. sucked away by all kinds of fees and you know, and BS and all that. So this is nice that it's, that you're setting it up so that it's the opposite. That's really great. I like that a lot. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. So, I mean, other coins have tried to do CPU mining only and uh, just haven't succeeded. Um, and we we just put a lot of time into it and figured out a method that is both scalable into the future regarding the advances in technology and also just very effective in the medium term. Um, and so... Back to scaling. Um, so what we're doing with scaling is taking both Varium and Veracoin, and we're in the process of developing this consensus pairing. So these are two separate blockchains. One's mining, one's staking. 
and one CPU mining, one CPU staking, basically. Um, and what go- is going to happen is um, as more miners come on to Varium through CPU mining, the block time of both Vericoin and Varium speeds up. So what we've done is basically used our version of Moore's Law, in a sense, which is how many miners do we have and what is their uh, what is their computational power, which can be estimated, um, you know, on the client automatically. It, this is calculated, and we allow for faster block times proportional to the, the computational okay. power on the network. And so, so basically, what this does is two things: um, it speeds up Vericoin the currency, um, and it speeds up Varium the reserve. The consensus right. is shared. The consensus is shared between two separate blockchains, two groups with different interests. One's mining, one's staking. Um, and as the block times decrease in size and in, in like time, so say you go from four minutes to three minutes, you can actually you're getting more transactions per second at that point because you have the same yeah. capacity but over a shorter time frame. Um, so we have an automatic. Listen, scale- listen I want to yeah. keep going, but I'm sorry, I. I- I pulled you down this rabbit hole with the tech details, so we're we're out of time. I really apologize. Oh, that's um, okay. How can how can listeners, you know, get Vericoin? Where is it in Varium? Um, how can they find out more about it? Where can they go? So uh, Vericoin.info is our website, and um, and you can actually see uh, we have some videos of me explaining in depth, you know, the the scaling mechanism that we have that's novel using the two chains. And uh, you can download the wallets there, and you can link to our social media groups and our, our chat group, and um, you know, and, and join the community. Everyone's really helpful and uh, and wants wants to have fun, basically. All right, great. Well, Doug, thank you so much, and I'm going to check it out. I, you know, it's really interesting what you're doing, and I like it. I like the the characteristics. So, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.